what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. And thank you for joining us today for the Caregiver Community. This is a forum where we hold conversations about the joys as well as the challenges of caring for our aging parents and for ourselves. My name is Jane Everson, and I'm here today with my co-host, Francis Hall. How are you today, Francis? I'm great. Thanks, Jane. I'm glad to hear that. Francis and I began the caregiver community because we are two of an estimated 31 million adults in the United States, people just like our listeners out there who are caring for our aging parents or other family members, but are also caring for ourselves. In today's session, we're going to be talking about what I think is one of the most difficult conversations associated with aging, certainly one of the most difficult I have ever had and continue to have with my parents. I've also had the conversation with several of my friends, and no doubt one day I'll be having this conversation with my husband, or perhaps he'll be having it with me. Mm. The topic is not sex ed, but it's driving a car. Our guest today is Ms. Miriam Young. Miriam has a master's degree in occupational therapy, and she's a driver rehabilitation specialist. And we're going to be talking a lot more about the credentials and background that go into being a driver rehabilitation specialist. Miriam works here in Hickory, North Carolina for Fry Regional Hospital. Thank you for joining us today, Miriam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for having us joining us for this really important topic in the caregiver community. And it is important, and you know that as well as we do. But Miriam, one of the most dreaded conversations, as Jane said, that aging parents and adult children anticipate is the one about, well, mom, well, dad, think it's time to give up the car keys. Um, So let's begin with sort of who are you and what are you about? What is the role of a driver rehabilitation specialist? I've never known of this. All right. Well, a driver rehabilitation specialist, you primarily find those persons being occupational therapists. And there are other people getting into the field, but occupational therapists do a great job being driver rehabilitation specialists because we do have a medical background. There is specific training that you need to go into this field. For example, I took a week-long course at a community mobility services in Florida with two occupational therapists who are highly trained in this field. And also, I took a two-week course with our DMV here in North Carolina. And because the place I work, we are actually a driving school. So I am actually a driving instructor. So you can teach 16-year-olds or 80-year-olds. Exactly. (laughs) I I stick to the older crowd, but that is correct. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And you can also become certified after you have hours as a driving rehabilitation specialist, and you can take a national board exam and become a certified driving rehabilitation specialist. So we should be looking for someone who is certified if we were trying to find that kind of service to help us with a family member. Yes, a DRS or a certified driving rehabilitation specialist, which is a CDRS. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So talk a little more about what a driving rehabilitation specialist can do to assist drivers who are aging and how might our listeners go about finding someone in their community? All right. Well, you can find a driving rehabilitation specialist by going to the website for the Association for Driver Rehabilitation Specialists. It's called ADAD, 
ADED. It's an international organization that's actually headquartered here in Hickory, North Carolina. And you can go to their website, which is www.ADED.net, and you can locate a driver rehabilitation specialist across the world. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. And do most communities have someone who is certified? Well, well, most larger communities. Most larger communities do, but they are sometimes difficult to come by. I know here in Hickory, the closest one I believe is Asheville, and then to Greensboro area. Wow. Okay. So it could be that any given state would have several, but you might have to actually travel somewhere yes, <laughs> to, that to is get correct. the test. Okay. Let's talk about what um, maybe is a misconception. Maybe it's true. Does aging impact driving? Is there a certain age at which people should be giving up driving? And what, what's the relationship between aging and driving? Well, the driving rehabilitation specialist is going to evaluate a senior's ability to drive and determine if he or she's medically fit. And yes, aging can affect driving. As we all age, changes occur in multiple areas, which could make driving unsafe. But you're not necessarily a bad driver because you got your Medicare card. In exactly. The, in the exactly. <laughs> it, so that's why we're going to look at different areas, which include your vision, cognition, and physical functioning. Okay. okay. Vision, cognition, and physical functioning. Yes. Okay. Talk, talk more about each of those. All right. Well, vision. Vision is very important. 95% of the information we receive as drivers is through our vision. Sure. So if you have issues in this area, that could be a really yeah, big deal. Yeah, it makes sense, although we probably don't realize how, how much vision really impacts our driving. Exactly. And, of course, vision is associated with aging. Exactly. And what we look at with vision, we look at a lot of different areas. There's something called acuity or the clearness of how you see. If you cannot clearly see, you may not be able to read a road sign until you get right up on it. So that could be dangerous. And then we're switching lanes trying to do whatever we're trying to do. Exactly, last minute. Right, Because you right. didn't know a road was ending or that right. you needed to exit. Right. Another area in vision is field of vision or what we call peripheral vision. And that's the vision when you're looking straight that you see on the side. So if you're going down the road and you're paying attention to what's in front of you, you use your peripheral vision to see that ball run out into the road or that child or getting ready lanes. to run. So that way you constantly know what's going on all over you. So if you have problems in those areas, that can be an issue. Another area is contrast sensitivity. As you age, a lot of people get cataracts. And with cataracts come cloudy vision. So on a day when it's cloudy outside and the sky is gray, people that have difficulty with contrast sensitivity have a hard time telling that a gray car is coming down the road with the gray sky in the background. Oh, of course. Sure. So that, that's another area um, that we look at. Also, glare recovery, scanning and tracking. Are you able to see everything you need to see in a timely so manner? So glare, for example, might be a, a difficulty driving at night. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or even the sun when it's really bright mm-hmm. outside. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking, even a glare off the windshield in front of you exactly. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And another area is called visual perceptual skills. And that's not exactly your eye, but how your brain perceives what you see. So if you're going down the road, and like many signs, sometimes a tree limb may be sticking in front of it. So if you're only seeing half of a stop sign, our brain can perceive that that's a full stop sign, 
because we know what the rest of it looks like, but somebody with visual perceptual difficulties may only see half the sign and really not recognize that that's a stop sign. So that's not necessarily a physiological problem with the eye, it's but between the eye and the brain. Mm-hmm. Exactly, how you perceive what you're seeing. So when we think about all of your vision, there are a few warning signs that I want to tell you all about today that you can think about with your parents or your loved ones or anybody you know that might be having difficulty with their vision that might affect their driving. Right. And those include, just like we spoke about, poor glare recovery, inability to detect traffic-like colors. You know, are you having a hard time telling? Is it red, yellow, green? Change in depth perception. Can you tell how far away you are to another vehicle? And that's huge when you're parking, how close you're getting to the car in front of you. When you're backing getting, out of the garage. When you're backing out of the garage, yes. <laughs> Sounds and like a story. <laughs> especially when you're pulling out onto a road because you don't sure. want to pull out too late and cause a collision. Mm-hmm. That's okay. a problem we think about a lot, I think, with young drivers, but it certainly could be a problem with older drivers as exactly. well. Also, the inability to read signs at a distance, like we spoke about, collisions, near misses, Difficulty driving at night, which I think is really common with older Mm -hmm. adults, Mm -hmm. and problems with vision in inclement weather. So if it's really rainy outside or snowy, is that causing problems? And there are times where I do get a client and I don't really know what's going on with their vision, but I know something's going on. So I will have them go see a vision specialist to verify how their visual functioning is. So you might be working with an ophthalmologist in this case instead of a primary care And getting their recommendation of what they think. Okay. Okay. Talk a little more, if you will, when someone comes to you, what could they expect? Okay. Well, not only would I look at their vision, but another area I would look at would be cognition. And... um, As we age, it takes more and more time to process information. But on the other hand, older drivers have something that new drivers do not have, and that is they have mature judgment, years of driving experience, and good driving habits. And that's important for us to remember. Sure. It is, because sometimes we think about older driver, bad driver. Mm -hmm. No, not necessarily. They have these, you know, this mature judgment, years and driving experience and driving habits, which can compensate for some of their diminished cognitive abilities. Mm-hmm. So, Excellent point. Well, some other warning signs I want you to look at, and these involve cognition, is if you see this in someone you know is driving too slowly, if you don't observe signs or signals, difficulty interpreting traffic situations and predicting changes. And this can happen a lot when someone's driving a familiar route, but there's a detour. Do they know what to do? Mm-hmm. If they get off course, can they find their way back? Failure to yield, easily being frustrated or confused, frequently getting lost. That's a that's a huge thing you want to look at. Oh, sure. So if familiar places. <laughs> exactly. Even, in, even in familiar places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you need instructions from your passengers, if you're constantly saying, hey, mom, slow down. Hey, mom, don't forget your turn signal. Hey, mom, remember you're supposed to turn there. Or if your spouse thinks you need those directions. Exactly. <laughs> And not just being a backseat driver. (laughs) Um, Poor road position. You know, are you in the center of the lane or are you constantly riding the yellow line? Are you constantly riding the edge of the line? Those are things to look at. And driving in the wrong direction down streets. A lot of our downtowns. Even in Hickory? (laughs) (laughs) Even for younger people. Exactly. Exactly. I guess the difference is you're aware when you make a wrong turn. Yes, where they aren't and they continue to go. Because they 
don't have the insight to see, hey, mm-hmm. why is why am I the only car going right. this way? Right, right, right. <laughs> I want to go back to something you said earlier, mm-hmm. though, about driving slowly, mm-hmm. because I hear people talking about, well, I, I know that my reflexes are not as quick, and so I drive slower. What mm-hmm. you're saying, though, is that's a real sign that maybe... It's time to take a look at this driving Exactly. Thing. If your reflexes are slower, what's going on? Let's let's look at that and see. So now, if you're going five miles under, that's not exactly what I mean. But when you're sure. going a lot sure. less, like if you're going 35 on the interstate, that's that's a problem. Or that's taking, a safety issue. Yeah, or taking a long time to make a left-hand turn across, mm-hmm. across traffic. Right. Yeah, that makes yes. sense. So reaction time as well. As yes, and we'll speak mm-hmm. about that later on, too. Right. Okay. Okay. And the other area we that changes as we age, like we all know, it's happened to all of us, is our physical functioning. Um, I'm talking about like your impaired strength, your movement and sensation in your arms, your legs, your feet, and your neck. If you're not able to move your legs and your arms and your feet, or if you're not able to feel, if you have neuropathy that's progressed to a point where you really cannot feel where what you're touching or how you're moving, what we call not just light touch, but proprioceptive sense, knowing where your foot is in space, that could be a huge problem. Because and I know that's a problem associated with diabetes, which, mm-hmm. of course, is also associated with aging. Exactly, exactly. And also we want to look at impaired coordination. You know, can you coordinate your arms and legs? Can you slow down with the gas while both arms are um, working together to turn the steering wheel? So there's, there's a lot about driving that people don't realize till you really break it down. Yeah, to all sure. the components. So sure. really, vision, cognition, and physical aspects are mm-hmm. breaking that down. That that shows you how complex driving exactly. really is, doesn't it? And including what you just spoke about, which is impaired reaction time. Right, right, so. right. I'm even thinking, you know, as we're talking about not just coordination, but even just the physical ability, such as a knee replacement, a hip replacement, and being able to put brakes on mm-hmm. quickly and, uh, you know, in exactly. when you need to and that sort of thing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So then we want to look at warning signs for physical functioning. What are things that you might see that lets you know an older driver may have difficulty driving? And those would be difficulty turning your head to check blind spots. If you can't turn your head or compensate with your trunk with turning, you can't see your blind spots and you may when you're changing lanes pull out in front of a car also confusing the gas and brake with your foot and i think we've all hear on the news how an elderly person has ran into a local business tragic or into someone's house so um, difficulty maintaining grasp on a steering wheel difficulty reaching reaching for secondary controls if they're having a hard time they may have difficulty reaching for the turn signal and um so if you have that. maybe perhaps pain or arthritis, arthritis. or some kind of stiffness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there are ways that you can compensate for those, but that might be telling you you need to get in for a driving mm-hmm. about. And also some older patients fatigue easily with driving and just going down the road totally wears them out to a point where they can't concentrate on driving because they're so tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and driving and riding can be exhausting. It can. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So beside the warning signs that you've just told us about, are there any other warning signs that we should be thinking about when we're informally, if you will, assessing our parents or a family member's driving? Mm -hmm. First of all, I would look at 
do they have any medical conditions that might warrant an assessment? Is there anything that's triggering what you're seeing? So, for example, Alzheimer's disease, dementia, a stroke, an amputation, diabetes, arthritis, MS, or Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. Um, Some other warning signs to look at would be, does your parent observe signs, signals, or other traffic when they're driving? Or do they just totally ignore everything and just go straight through a stop sign? Do they need help or instruction from you when driving? Again, are they slow or do they make poor decisions? Does it take them forever to make a decision what they're going to do? Are they easily frustrated or confused? Do they frequently get lost even in familiar areas? Inappropriate driving speeds. We spoke about driving too slow, but are they driving too fast through a neighborhood that they should only be going 25 or they're going 45? Maybe erratically, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fast, slow, fast, slow. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Poor road positioning, wide turns, um, or are they having accidents or near misses? Gotcha. Okay, this is all really good information. Mm -hmm. So here we are. And we know, you know, we, we've heard this and we are identifying some issues with mom or dad. And we think, okay, we really need to have the talk. How do we go about that? What kind of strategies, what kind of tips can you give us to help us be able to open that conversation and to have that conversation with our parent? Well, this will probably be the hardest um, question for me to answer. But... First of all, I would remember this is a very sensitive subject. You know, driving to most people, unless you live in a larger city where you take public transportation, it's it's all about independence. And we've got to understand that and know this is a touchy subject for most. Um, I would sit down and really have an open, honest conversation with your parent that I am concerned about your driving because of X, Y, and Z. And... Um, See if they can understand your points and see how their insight is. Do you think it would be helpful to even begin the conversation by asking them if they have any concerns about their driving? Yes, because I do find some older adults who will tell you what their concerns are. And if their insight is there, that's always a good sign that maybe there can be training or adaptive equipment added. Mm -hmm. So that is a possibility. Many times their doctors will also be concerned, and they'll be the ones who initiate the driving evaluation. Mm-hmm. And that would make a lot of sense if, if the doctor had diagnosed the parent with having some of those conditions you yes. talked about. But in other cases, <clears throat> certainly the doctor's probably not going to be a passenger exactly. with mom and dad or maybe even see them driving into the parking lot, so they may have to go on other kinds of behaviors they see in the in the the doctor's exactly. office. If they come in and maybe they're showing some signs of confusion or not taking their medicine regularly, they might start having some questions about their cognition. Mm-hmm. And along those lines, I'm thinking, you know, there there are times that probably we visit a parent and we do all the driving because they just say, oh, well, well you know, I'll just ride with you. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it would be a good idea for us occasionally to say to them, well, exactly. no, let me just ride with you. Or go check around their go in their garage and check out the car <laughs> yeah you know look yeah. for new dents or scratches and ask them where they got them from and that you're exactly right you know get in the car with them and see what's going on mm-hmm. hi i'm 2013 greater hickory kia classic champion michael allen 
Please join us at Rock Barn Golf and Spa for the 12th Annual Greater Hickory Kia Classic, October 13th through 19th. Watch me defend my title against two-time Masters winner Bernhard Langer, two-time Hickory winner Jay Haas, Kenny Perry, Fred Funk, Champions Tour rookie Lee Jansen, and a fantastic field of Champions Tour players. Weekly grounds badges are just $50. Individual tickets are $20 per day. Get your tickets today at greaterhickorykiaclassic.com. If we decide that a more formal assessment might be helpful, mm-hmm. what would we do and what would we expect in that kind of assessment? Well, first of all, you need to have a doctor's order for a driving evaluation. So that's the first thing you would want to obtain. The next thing you'd want to do is go to the website I told you about. And, and back on that, could that be a physician or an ophthalmologist or anyone who's treating your doctor who is a medical professional? Yes. Okay. So once you get your doctor's order, either they can locate you a driving specialist because they're probably familiar with one in your area, or you can go to a website, which I just mentioned before, www.aded.net, and you can look up a driving specialist in your area or your parents' area. And once that's done, you can schedule the driving evaluation and... um, I know at Fry Regional Medical Center, our driving evaluations are fee for service, and that means that insurance does not cover the driving eval, and it is an out-of-pocket expense. But probably some really wise expenditure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so what, what happens during an assessment? Okay. Well, the day you come in, I will take your parent's driver's license number and check with the DMV and in this case in North Carolina I call Raleigh and I find out is their driver's license active or inactive are they on medical review you know what's going on with their driver's license Um, the next thing I do is that I would review medical history and medications because this will tell me a lot of what to look for in the client if there's anything specific I really need to look at I also will bring the client into my office, and if their family's there, and if the client's okay with that, I will bring their family in and interview them together. And most of my clients are totally fine, you know, if their family chirps in and lets me know things. Um, Other ones want to come by themselves and just give me their view. Exactly. (laughs) But I, I appreciate it when families come so I can see the whole picture. So license review, mm-hmm. medical review of their medications and mm-hmm. um, whatever diagnoses they might have, and an interview with the person and perhaps with family members. Exactly. And then that's when, after that, I start my um, in-clinic assessment where I look at their vision like I spoke of. I have a vision machine I use, and then I look at their hearing because that's an important thing we didn't talk about. But if you can't hear, you know, you can't hear cars um, have, you know, paramedics coming by or fire trucks or someone blowing their horn at you insight to disability i think this is a really big one where especially as someone's cognition declines they don't realize that they have impairments and they think they can do what they want so you're mm-hmm. you're checking mm-hmm. to see if they are even aware that they might have some cognitive decline yes. or issues okay good Another one is like I spoke about the visual perceptual skills, cognition, perception, your neuromuscular status, which is looking at your arms and your legs and your body, your physical state, and break reaction time. And I have a break reaction timer. 
So you actually have a simulated break, and you mm-hmm. can see how quickly somebody yes. reacts. It has a it, when you press the gas, a green light comes on, and then randomly the red light will come on. You have to hit the brake as quickly as you can, and it measures mm-hmm. that time. And I take an average. Mm-hmm. So you, they're not actually getting into a car, and you're driving around with them. It's not like yet. That. Oh, okay. <laughs> Once we go through the clinic portion, and if I feel that it's warranted to get them out on the road, we will. And we will get in. Um, Fry has their own driving car, and it's outfitted with an instructor's brake and special mirrors. <laughs> so I'll pick up the, the client. Just like we had when we were 16. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'll pick the client up at the front door, and we'll drive to a local empty parking lot, and I will let that client get adjusted to... The car, you know, just the seat and the steering wheel and the mirrors, so it fits them. And we'll practice in the parking lot first to get them accustomed to the car. And once they're accustomed to the car, we'll go out um, and drive, and we'll start in just a residential area, and we will progress as warranted to a city driving and even the interstate. So it really is pretty individualized. It then. is. Yeah. Everything we do is very individualized. I don't have a client come in and I don't look at an age and I don't look at a diagnosis and I have my mind made up. You know, I really mm-hmm. look at the person holistically. And that's from my background as being an occupational therapist. Sure. We know no illness, no person responds the same way to anything. Mm-hmm. So we want to really look at that person as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so if someone comes in... How long How long typically would it take to go through the whole assessment? It takes an average of three hours. Okay. So a good chunk of time yes. to, to allocate, yes. but really, really important really very time. very comprehensive. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I would imagine in some cases you might know immediately from perhaps the vision mm-hmm. that the person isn't even going to warrant the on-the-road driving. And in other cases, there might be some red flags, but you want to really see what they do in an actual car. Exactly. And every in talking about vision, every state has their own requirements visually about what someone must be able to see. So a lot will tell me that's why that's one of the very first things I assess after interviewing them is their vision. And so there are times then that you never actually get on the road with someone that in clinic you're able to determine it's really not safe. Exactly. If if they if I find through my assessments that they're what I would say scoring low on certain certain things, I already know where they are at. What happens? But I try to give everybody a chance on the road if if that's if, warranted. If it makes sense. Sure. Yeah, if it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, so what happens after the assessment is completed? What what do you do and what are the next steps? Well, I go through all of my assessments and I make a recommendation to the ordering physician and I type up a very comprehensive driving evaluation just so they can see everything that we've looked at. And I'll give my recommendations, and then they can go from there and decide what to do. You know, I'm not the one who, you know, says, no, you can't drive. I can recommend, and then the ordering physician will So you give the, the recommendations yes. to the physician who's made the orders. Exactly. I don't just give a yes to driving or no to driving. I, you know, can say, yes, they're fine the way they are to continue to drive, or I think they'd be okay to drive, but we should give them certain restrictions, such as... 
no interstate driving, daylight driving only, things like that. Maybe a radius driving from their home. And that might be very comforting for a parent to know going into this as well, that it's not a black or white yes Absolutely. or no, that sometimes there will just be strategies and restrictions and guidance exactly. on driving more safely. Right, right. So if a son or daughter is recognizing there may be some issues, then they really ought to go through their doctor to get that recommendation yes. for the assessment, yes, exactly. not just call you up and yes. say... <laughs> I, I can't know. do the driving evaluation without yeah. a doctor's order. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, like I was saying, I have different recommendations I can give, and some other ones are if they have the cognitive ability, there may be training, there could be adaptive driving equipment, or I may feel like it's time for them to retire from driving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what a nice way of saying it, retire from driving. What are some of the equipment, what is some of the equipment that might be used? Something like a steering knob. If someone's having difficulty using one of their arms, maybe they've had a stroke in the past and they're so many months out and their arm is just not coming back the way they wanted to, but everything else is fine. They could use a steering knob to help steer the wheel one yeah. with one hand, and that works well. Also, people with difficulty turning their heads, their neck for checking blind spots, we can maybe get them mirrors so they can see um, their blind spots without having mm-hmm. to turn their heads. Mm-hmm. And are there specific, uh, we mentioned a minute ago being 16 and taking driver's ed, are there driver's education opportunities for older drivers? There could be training if they're, they have the cognitive ability to retain and to learn from that. But again, that the driver's specialist, driver's rehab specialist would, would know that. Yes, and they could train. Gotcha. Or they could recommend maybe to go to a driving school and just brush up on driving skills. Right. You mentioned the concept, which I also love, retire from driving, and I, I think I heard you say previously that you'd made a decision to retire from riding roller coasters, so I, I like the idea that at different and ages, and yes, at different ages yes. we might just retire from certain exactly. things. If we and you make a decision that retiring from driving is the appropriate thing for a parent, what kinds of counseling, what kinds of strategies, what sort of other things are there available? We know that driving is, I mean, that's the epitome of of independence for most adults. Exactly. So I like to um, stress to the client that, you know, I recommend they retire from driving and why, you know, they're not medically fit to drive. And I think that's a good way to say it. Medically, maybe their physical, their visual, or their cognitive functioning. Um, And I also like to cancel the client and if the family member is available for alternative methods for community mobility, such as family members driving them around. A lot of times the family's already driving them 95% of the time. So just let them continue to drive you, but now 100% of the time. Making it an official Exactly. And I find that a lot. Um, They're friends who are still capable of driving. A lot of times church fans will come pick you up for Wednesday night services, Sunday services. And there is public transport transportation for example here in Hickory it's called the Greenway and there is a van that will come pick you up you just have to call and make an appointment and pay the fee and I also um, try to educate them on other alternatives such as some smaller pharmacies may deliver your medications if they're concerned about going to pick up their medicines um, wonderful service exactly have medications mailed to them Mm -hmm. and there are um, local grocery stores that will deliver your groceries Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So those are all things to look into. And, of course, there are uh, non-nursing or non-medical organizations that a, a parent can pay for someone exactly. to sure. provide them transportation. Exactly. Sure. So there's a lot of different um, avenues to look at. Miriam, this has been just really fabulous information. Um, lots is. to take in and lots of things to think about. Any final words of wisdom that you want to make sure our listeners know before we adjourn or, or resources yeah, that, that we should know absolutely. about? Absolutely. Well, um, first of all, I'd just like to stress that a lot of the driving rehabilitation specialists are occupational therapists, um, their background is, and we really want all individuals to remain as independent as possible for as long as possible. I think that's important for people to know when they're coming sure. into this. Absolutely. Um, these driving evaluations are very comprehensive. They're very individualized. And we don't just look at the person's diagnosis and their age and make a decision. We look at the person. Um, but if you are really concerned about maybe even yourself or your loved one or your parent, you should really look at getting an occupational therapy driving evaluation. And something that I've been told um, I've heard this before, and it's something I've had to tell clients is, you know, driving is a privilege. It's, it's not a right. It really, it's a privilege. So, But again, if you're in the local area of Hickory, North Carolina, and would like a driving evaluation, we do offer that at Fry Regional Medical Center, and our number is 828-315-5354. And why don't you just repeat that number again? All right. It's 828 315 Five three five four. And if you're not in the Hickory area, why don't you repeat that website yes, and again? And then you can go to the ADED website. It's www.aded.net. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Miriam, this has been great. Thank you for listening, everyone, to Thank the Caregiver you. community. I hope that you've enjoyed, and most importantly, we hope you've learned today about uh, some new things about caregiving, caregivers, and driving. This program is part of the MESH network of online shows and podcasts. You may learn more about the MESH and check out the other programs available for free at www.themesh.tv. On that site, you may also send Francis and I a question or a recommendation for future show topics using the Contact Us button. We also encourage you to find our show on Apple iTunes, where you may subscribe to the show and make sure you receive all future episodes sent to you automatically. You'll find a link to the MESH website on our ACAP community website as well. Francis, where may people go for more information on ACAP community? For more information on ACAP community, you can go to a couple of places. Um, either the website, as Jane had talked about, www.acapcommunity.com, and that is A-C-A. P, that's Adult Children of Aging Parents, so www.acapcommunity.com, or call us toll-free at 1-877-599-ACAP or 877-599-2227, or just email us at info at acapcommunity.com. Great. Thank you. Thanks so much, Miriam. Thank you for having me on. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. 
All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.